James Wiseman's first game as a Detroit Piston is officially in the books. How did the first game in a Pistons jersey go for the former number two overall pick? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So I'm recording this right after the Pistons loss to the Boston Celtics, 127-109. And of course, this was the big game that everyone was looking forward to seeing because it was the first game that James Wiseman has played in for the Detroit Pistons since being traded over from the Golden State Warriors. So how did it go with James Wiseman in his first game with the Pistons? Well, first off, I just have to say this. I have to get one quick criticism, one quick irk out the way. Valley Sports is awful. I, I was watching this game on Valley Sports app. App kept crashing. Had to keep loading it back in multiple times. We missed full offensive possessions because they have the screen just looking at something else, some other graphic. It's just awful. They're going up in bankruptcy, it sounds like, uh, rumored to be. I, I don't know what's going on, but look, the, the app just was not it. The app's not it. Um, but anyways, let's, let's get into James Wiseman. I had to say something. It was, it was frustrating me so much. So there's some good and there is some bad. And, and I do want – put emphasis on the fact this was just one game. This literally first game in the Pistons uniform. Don't read too much into anything. So now that that's out the way, I thought we saw some good stuff out of him on both ends of the floor. Offensively, you saw his touch around the rim. You saw his touch from mid-range area. We even saw him take a three-point attempt. He missed it. It was his first shot of the game. Um, he was playing pretty confidently, I feel like. Um, I really liked what I saw from him Active, like he was extremely active in this game. Now, I kind of want to go away from his offense, to be honest. I want to talk about some of the things we saw from him defensively. Um, th- defensively was some of the things that we we heard that he was going to struggle with the most. And it definitely wasn't a perfect game. You definitely saw some a few defensive errors. But I actually thought we saw some good defensive possessions from him too, specifically in drop coverage and a few times when he was switching on the perimeter. Now, there was a stretch in the third quarter where Jason Tatum hit like three threes over him. I'm not going to blame him for that. Jason Tam dropped 24 in that third quarter. He went full on Kobe mode. Like that's not on James Wiseman. That's on Tatum just being unreal. So I'm not going to blame him for that. But there was quite a few possessions where he had really good reps in drop coverage. He protected the rim. There was one possession where Malcolm Brackton drove to the rim. He kept his hands up, jumped with them at the rim, denied the shot at the rim, and then also used his length to take away a possible pass out opportunity. And it ended up in a turnover. So I know he didn't get the steal for that. But that's technically his steal. So I thought we saw some good reps from him defensively. Definitely need some more work on that end. Just need some more work overall. And you could tell that he was a little confused about where to be offensively at times. There's a few times he fronted and tried posting up and his teammates didn't give it to him. Pistons aren't accustomed to big guys fronting switches and demanding the ball in the post-up and actually being able to take advantage of it. So that's going to be something that both him and his teammates are going to have to get accustomed to and learning how to play with each other. Um, there was a few times where you saw him, obviously. Um, it was kind of like 
when the Pistons would run their Spain pick and roll, he didn't know, uh, should I, am I setting the screen here? Am I setting the screen? Then where should I be? It was just a lot of confusion from him. And obviously you expect that it's his first game. He hasn't had a lot of practice time, but even with that, he ended the game with 11 points and five rebounds. So in his first game in just 20, 23 minutes of action, I thought he was pretty damn productive. I thought he flashed what the Pistons obviously see in him, what Troy Weaver sees in him. And just having a 7-1 body that's that athletic with that kind of length, I feel like you already saw, like, he's not even a good rim protector, but simply having that size and length, like, deterred guys around the rim a few times when he was around the rim that you just haven't seen at other times in the season. Just, his, just purely his size was enough to deter some guys from trying to really attack him. So, look, I don't think he played a perfect game, but I thought he was pretty damn impactful in this game. Um, or not maybe not impactful, but pretty impressive, I would say, in his first game, in his first minutes with the Pistons. Now, there is one thing that I, I, I want to bring up, and it was a concern of mine, and it, it happened in this first game. We'll see if it continues to happen after the All-Star break. And it's it's Jalen Duran and James Wiseman. And I know a lot of Pistons fans said, oh, if we're getting James Wiseman, we're, we're you know stunning the development of Jalen Duran. And I sat on here and said, no way. It won't do that. It won't do that. They'll play together. That's the whole point of it. They want to see if those two guys can fit together, if they can actually play with some size. Now, it's his first game with the, with the Pistons. So, again, you may see it more down the stretch. It may not be this way after the All-Star break. So, don't read too much into it. But one game in, Jalen Duran only played 25 minutes, and James Wiseman only and James Wiseman played 23. So, Duran lost some minutes there, and I didn't think that was going to happen. Now, Duran did look like he rolled his ankle in the first half, and I think that might have been um, some of the reason why he lost some minutes in this game because he had also just sprained his ankle in the last game, and now the opposing ankle, or the opposite ankle, I should say, uh, he ended up twisting it this one in the first half too. He's beat up right now, so I wouldn't be shocked if that's why, but definitely some, something to watch after the All-Star break because in the first game, it did look like Wiseman was cutting into some of his minutes, and we didn't get any Jalen Duren, James Wiseman minutes at all in this game. We didn't, we didn't get that duo at all. So I, I really hope that's not the case. That's not what they're going to plan on doing for the rest of the year. I, I really hope that's not the case um, because then it would be a little bit of an issue in my opinion, but it is just one game. We'll see how it goes after that. Um, after the all-star break. But yeah, man, I, I thought, I thought Wiseman, I thought Wiseman was fine. I, I thought he was cool. I thought he provided the fan base, some optimism, some excitement. Um, and again, just his, just his pure size and athleticism, man, was already on display, just fully on display. And I, I'm not going to lie. I was already cheesing the first few possessions, just watching because the Pistons haven't had a guy with that kind of size on the floor in a long time. Like the dude's a behemoth. He's a physical specimen. So I'm interested to watch him after the All-Star break, man. We didn't get to see him do much with the ball in his hands. We didn't see him get to attack closeouts. We didn't get to see him spot up. We didn't get to see him really post up a ton. Like, the Pistons didn't use him in a bunch of different ways and a bunch of different creative ways or anything in his first game, which, again, it's just one game. It's his first game. A lot of it was just simply around-the-basket stuff, um, passes off dump-offs, fast-break kind of stuff. Uh, He had a few – um, offensive rebounds and turned them into buckets. He did have one post move um, in the second half on Grant Williams where Grant Williams flopped and he was able to finish with his left. Um, but they didn't get really creative with them. They didn't really make him a point of the offense, which I think will change after the all-star break, hopefully. Um, but even despite that, I, I feel like they probably left like six to eight points on the board for him 
because there was multiple times where the Boston Celtics would switch a guard on him and he would immediately front him and demand the ball and his teammates just wouldn't give it to him or demand that he would come back up and set a screen because they're used to they're not used to guys wanting the ball like that and being able to do stuff when they get the switch. So it's just something they got to adjust to. It is what it is. Hopefully we see it when we come back from the all-star break. But speaking of size and length that James Wiseman brings to this team that the Pistons just simply haven't had any other point, I want to talk about a reoccurring theme that we're seeing in every single Pistons game and every single Pistons loss that is an issue with this team. It's hard to watch. It makes it sad to watch. And they absolutely have to address it in the offseason because it's just been just on display every single game. We're going to talk about that when we come back. But first, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. And if you want my opinion, some player props that I would take advantage of and some player props I'd stay away from. I'd stay away from Killian Hayes' points over 10 and a half. I'd say... I stay away from taking the under. I stay away from taking the over. You usually never go. It's, it's it's always either like six points or 18 points. I just stay away from it. I would take the over, though, from now on. On Jaden Ivey's assist, he's been doing a lot better job playmaking-wise, so I feel pretty comfortable taking that player prop. Uh, that's the kind of thing you can do over at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So Jason Tatum went off for 24 points in this third quarter. He ended up two points shy of 40 points. Now, a lot of the stuff that happened in that third quarter was just stuff that the Pistons weren't going to be able to do or have any chance of guarding because he was just on one. He was on a different kind of – he was on a different planet in that third quarter, okay? However, just something that we've seen all season long and something that was just on display in this game too, way too often do the Pistons just look undersized against every team they go against. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why so many fans and people like me are going to enjoy watching James Wiseman. It's because he provides size, man. He's 7'1 with a long wingspan, super athletic, really strong. The dude already simply having a size, like I said in the first segment, when he was just around the rim and he would go up and contest, guys wouldn't go up around him. Not because he's some amazing shot blocker, he's the Kempe Mutombo or anything, but he simply has size and they don't want to attack that. There was a few times that he forced turnovers out of that. And the Pistons don't have that in any other position. Multiple times you would find Killian Hayes. Multiple times you would t- find Jaden Ivey. Multiple times. And I know Boyan's a little bit taller, but he's not really trying defensively. He's not giving effort defensively. He's not strong defensively. He's not really trying to give much, like I said, much effort defensively. So when he gets switched on to it, biggest just as, just as painful seeing Jane Ivey or Killian Hayes or Alec Burks or Hamadou Diallo or Corey Joseph. Like the Pistons just have so many like 6'3 to 6'5, 6'6 guys. They don't have any legit like 6'7 to 6'10 guys that are like athletic long wings. They don't have any of that. They don't have it. 
and that's one of the biggest reasons why I just want, I really want to see James Wiseman and Jalen Duran play together because those two guys, you actually would be playing two bigs together and they actually would have size in the front court. And I hope with those two guys, you start to see some weak side rim protection from that. And that could really help the Pistons because they don't have that right now. They don't have that at all. When you get a switch on the Pistons, it's just, it's, it's barbecue chicken every single time. They don't got no rim side or, or help side rim protection half the time. If Jalen Duren gets switched out, it's not happening. Jalen uh, Duren also isn't that great of a rim protector at this point in his career. Obviously, he's a rookie. They just don't have that. And Isaiah Stewart is undersized. He's not very athletic. He's he's just undersized. And it, it, it's it's a reoccurring theme with this team every single game they get taken advantage of because they're simply too small. They're not strong enough. They're not long enough. They're just too small, just too small. And it's tough, especially when you have, I don't want, the Pistons don't switch every play like they did last year. They definitely run a lot more drop coverage than they did this or this year than they did last year. 100% run a lot, a lot more of it. But I also feel like they switched way too much still. And in, in it, you constantly, like over and over, you're getting Jay and Ivy on a big. You're getting Killian Hayes on a big. You're getting Alec Burks, Hamadou Diallo on bigs. And it's just never, it never works. It never works out. It's always, a, it's either a foul and your guards get into foul trouble or it's an immediate bucket and your defense can't get any stops because of it. So fortunately for the Pistons, this offseason, Outside of Victor Wembanyama and Scoot, if the Pistons were to fall out of the top two um, draft picks, the rest of the draft, like the next like eight guys, are all like wings. So this is a perfect draft to attack that. There's also some wings in free agency: Cam Johnson, uh, Dylan Brooks, some of those guys, Kelly Oubre Jr. There's a few guys in free agency that are some wings that they can attack. That that should 100% be the Pistons' biggest need in this offseason. Obviously, you want star power. If they can get Victor Wembanyama, obviously, you get Victor Wembanyama. But outside of, like, long shots, outside of, obviously, getting superstars, this team needs, like, three wings. They need to completely revamp their wing room because it doesn't have any defense. It has no size. It really has no athleticism outside of Hamadou Diallo, and he's, like, an undersized four, basically, what you're playing him as. You're playing him like a 6'5 power forward. So that already makes you even more undersized. They desperately need some wings. desperately man they don't have a chance they don't have a chance to compete next year if they don't so that was one of my biggest takeaways from this game and not even just this game like i said it's just every single game every single game they need it they desperately need it and it's the biggest reason why that in the offseason if they get number two i'm so against running a three guard lineup of ivy Cade and Scoot that you have to get rid of one of them and obviously i've said before that if you do get Scoot, then it had to be ivy as the odd man out but it's because We've sat here and we've watched the Pistons be undersized for how long? It, it, you can't be undersized in today's NBA. It's not going to happen. You need to have wings who can switch across the board. You need to have wings that can do multiple things. This whole idea of the Pistons going undersized and possibly running three-guard lineups just isn't going to happen. It's not going to work. It's not going to win you games. You're not going to be able to compete like that. So I can't wait to see what they do in this offseason. Obviously, as the season comes to a close and once we get a better idea of where the Pistons um, obviously, it will really pick up once the lottery happens and we figure out where the Pistons are picking. But we're going to talk more and more about possible guys that can answer that wing position, that 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 possible issue there with the Pistons, because it's just 
it's tough to see, man. They don't have anyone. Who who are you putting on Jason Tatum? Who are they putting? Killian Hayes? Killian Hayes is probably their best option, their best perimeter guy. He's 6'5". He's just too small to be guarding these wings. He can't he can't do it. On a switch, okay, he can handle himself, but they don't have any primary defenders that can check any wing. They're lucky Jalen Brown didn't play because I'd assume that Killian Hayes would then be guarding Jalen Brown and then Boyan would have been guarding Jason Tatum. And good luck with that one. And Tatum already had 38 this game. So, I don't know, man. It's tough to watch. It's tough to watch with that, seeing them just so undersized every single time. And it's why they'll it's why they can't get any stops. And it's why you often see Jay and Ivy and Killian Hayes and and their smaller guys get into foul trouble so much because they're constantly guarding guys that are bigger than them that they can't play legal defense against. And if you've played basketball before, when you can't guard somebody, they're too strong for you, they're too big for you. When you can't guard somebody, you foul because that's all you can do. You can't play legal defense. You you're forced into fouling. You don't even sometimes you don't even mean to foul. You just happen to foul because you simply can't. You can't guard them legally, and that's what happens. That happens so often with the Pistons, and it's so tough to watch. I it sucks. It sucks to watch, man. It really gives them such a little chance of winning games day in and day out simply because of that right there. So, is what it is. I hope they really attack it. They're going to obviously in the off season. I I, it, I couldn't imagine them not attacking it. Um. Let me know some of the guys that you guys think the Pistons should be interested in. I've said a few over the last few weeks we've talked about them. I really would be interested in Cam Johnson. Kelly Oubre Jr. is another guy I'd be interested in. Dylan Brooks, not really. I think he's a little more uh, – he's not as big of a wing as I'd like, but he's an option. Um, obviously, the, the Celtics even have a guy over there, Grant Williams, who I think would be a perfect fit for the Pistons, but I don't know – after researching a little bit more into him, I don't know if I'd like to pay him what he's asking for, that 18 to $20 million. At first, I was like, cool, it's not too bad uh, in this NBA and this salary cap era. But after looking at some of his stuff and researching a little bit more, I'm not as confident with that. But there are my point is that there are wing options in this free agency and obviously in the draft. So let me know some of the wings in free agency that you guys would like the Pistons to look at. And then also let me know some of you guys' favorite wings in the draft that you guys would like the Pistons to get, or maybe try to trade into the draft and get another one. Maybe to get two first round picks and end up getting two wings. I would not be, I, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. I think they need to completely revamp the wing room. So I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Let me know about that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Cuckoo Hill. We saw another reoccurring thing tonight. There's two reoccurring things that we got to watch tonight. Obviously the lack of size. And then something that's been going on with Jaden Ivy. We're going to talk about what that is. When we come back, but first you guys got to hear from some of our sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons, hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Before we get into Jane Ivy, all-star break is now underway. The Pistons will not play another game until the 23rd of February. Came in perfect time for a lot of guys. Killian Hayes specifically. That dude needs the all-star break right now. He shot 3 of 11 from the floor tonight, 2 of 7 from deep. Outside of shooting, I thought he was playing a fine game, but you can't. he can't do that anymore. He has to hit shots. And over the last 9 – no, it's 10 games now, right? Over the last 9 to 10 games, he's lost the shooting touch that he had for like two months there. He needs this all-star break to come. And, and rest up and, and get this shot back because they desperately need it out of him, and he needs to close this season out uh, on a good note. 
and showed that he's more of the player that we saw for the last few months instead of this last 10-game sample. So he desperately needs this all-star break. And a few other guys that need this all-star break, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran is absolutely beat up. He probably has both ankles sprained. Like, in the past two games, I wouldn't be shocked if we found out he has two sprained ankles. He's getting beat up. So he this all-star break couldn't have happened at any better time for Jalen Duran. This dude needs a break big time. I wouldn't be mad if he just skipped the, the Rising Stars challenge, the Rising Stars game. I, I would not be mad at it. He needs a break. Absolutely needs a break. And also Alec Burks. Alec Burks needs this break too. He has not been playing well over the last like two weeks or so. He has not shot the ball well. He hasn't been playing well. He only played 20 minutes tonight, two of seven from the floor. He just hasn't been, been as as good as he was at the beginning of the year. And I think he could use this all-star break as well to recharge his batteries and kind of get his legs back underneath him. So just a few guys that really need this all-star break to come on and, and, and rest up completely, to sit at home and rest, chill out. Don't pick up a basketball, just chill. Um, but something we're seeing uh, happen with Jane Ivy a lot this year. It happened in this game against the Boston Celtics. So Ivy had 17 points, five rebounds, four assists, shot well from the floor, seven to 13, one of five from deep, not great, um, but seven to 13 from the floor. But this game was a complete reverse of his game against the Spurs. You guys remember last week or yeah, I believe it was last week against the San Antonio Spurs. He shot three of 15 shot terribly from the floor. I came on the podcast afterwards and said I thought he played a fantastic game. Did a great job finding teammates, running the offense, uh, playing with tempo. He didn't shoot the ball well, but I thought he actually played a good game. And we came on here and we talked about it and we gave him a lot of credit. This game, I think, was the complete opposite. And it's why he only played 26 minutes. He shot well from the floor, but I thought he played a terrible game. And it's because the reoccurring theme is that he gets way too emotional, I feel like. I feel like that completely took him out the game. And too often he gets too emotional and it takes him out the game. Tonight he picked up a technical foul because he, uh, if you guys are watching the game, you guys remember the play, but he tried to go one-on-three, got through some guys and ended up getting one-on-one against Derek White at the rim. He thought he got fouled, didn't like that, kind of threw a tantrum there. And then Derek White came down the floor. He got a foul call trying to go one-on-one against somebody at the rim. Jay Ivey did not like the fact that Derek White then got the foul call and he spazzed out, got a technical foul, doing Casey Sam on the bench. He sat out for a long time. And then as soon as he was brought back into the game in the second in the second quarter, midway through the second quarter, probably one of his, if not the worst stretch he's played all season. I kid you not, his first three possessions were turnovers, all three of them. First three possessions, turnovers, back to back to back. And then his fourth possession was an absolutely ugly step-back jumper where he kept the ball in his hands for way too long and forced a bad step-back jumper that hit all top of the backboard. Like, that was four to five straight possessions that were just horrific. And that kind of leaked into the rest of the night. He had 13 points at halftime. He only had four after that. He had four assists. He had three turnovers. So it's that's something that he has to get under control. Obviously, he has some other stuff he has to improve on, actually, basketball-wise, obviously. And that's stuff he, he's going to end up improving on. But he has to get his emotions in check. I love the fact that he's in a – let me not say I love it. I'm cool with the fact that he's an emotional player, that he likes to wear all his emotions on his sleeve that tells you that he cares. But you have to find a way to channel that. You have to find a way to calm down and know when to – how to use it, I should say. Because too often this year we've seen him get emotional, not only with himself, not only with uh, a ref's opposing team, but his own teammates. How many times have we all joked in the Pistons community that we wouldn't be shocked if Jane Ivey and Isaiah Stewart just started wrestling on the on the court? All of a sudden, we got a WWE match. It's because he just gets so, he gets so emotional, and again, it shows that he cares. And people probably love that. 
but he has to find a better way to channel that and use it. Because it oftentimes when he gets emotional like that, it completely takes him out the game. Completely takes him out the game, and he starts to play bad because now he starts to force it. He starts to play out of pocket. Starts to get a little out of control, and it all stems from him just getting way, way too emotional. So, again, I'll end it with this. Again, I love the fact that he he cares. He just has to find a better way to show that. And some emotions that you have to just keep in, like going at teammates and visibly showing that you're mad at teammates for either dropping a pass or not sending you a screen when you want one. Probably tone that down. Anytime you don't get a foul call, throwing a tantrum, and then letting that take you out the game for the rest of the game, probably tone that down. Don't don't completely lose your emotion. Keep that fire. Just know how to channel it. And that's something he's going to learn throughout his career, hopefully. Um, but it is a reoccurring theme this year that when he does get emotional like that, it takes him out the game, and you start to see some bad stretches of play from him. So uh, good thing we're going to the All-Star break, I guess. He can now chill at home and relax and go have some fun in the Rising Stars game where maybe he wins the MVP in. So that's all I've got to you guys, or for you guys today. Uh, James Wiseman's debut. Uh, didn't see some of the things I wanted to see, like lineup-wise. But I thought Wiseman showed that he's going to be able to put up buckets in, in an instant. I don't think it's like – I know people love the jokes of, oh, Wiseman's just Bagley. I don't think it's like Bagley. Bagley gets his points off offensive rebounds and just putbacks and stuff, alley-oops. Wiseman, I feel like, already showed that he can get buckets, like, without that. He had a bucket when he drove to the rim. His very first bucket, he drove to the rim, finished over Cornette. Like, I think Wiseman has a very versatile offensive package that I hope the Pistons start to use after the All-Star break. But good opening game for him. Again, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 of 9 from the floor in 23 minutes in his first game with the Pistons. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free to available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, actually, until the next game, really, in about eight days, um, stay safe, everybody. Go Pistons. Hopefully, Jane Ivey or Jalen Duran win an MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge this weekend. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out.